Glory to God. Before you take your seats, I want to, we're going to do our scripture reading, amen, and this is a very, very familiar passage of scripture that I'll be speaking from today. If you open your Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 9 and 13, I'm going to be talking about prayer this morning, amen, talking about the model prayer that Jesus gave to the disciples this morning. Prayer is such an essential part of a Christian's life, amen. It is, it is, it is the, the key. It is, is the connection that we have to God, the communication, the tool that we can speak to our Father with. So if we can just all read together in Matthew uh, verses uh, 6, I mean chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Many of us have learned it in the King James Version. You can just quote it because it's such a familiar passage of, of Scripture. But we want to uh, just understand what Jesus was really trying to explain to his disciples who were just wondering, how do you walk around with such power and authority? What is it that, that makes you so much different? So if we can just read the Lord's Prayer this morning as we, uh, before we take our seats. And Jesus is telling them, uh, in, this, in this thing, we can just recite it together. Amen? Amen. Let us begin. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Amen. Amen. We want to thank God for this, this, this beautiful passage of scripture that he gave us. You know, I just want to talk about prayer for a little bit this morning. Um, it is just such an essential part of our lives. And me, I love, I love prayer. I understand the power of prayer. Um, I'm a prayer, so to speak, um, and always communicating with God and, and keeping that open line with God. But I've learned prayer at another level, amen? You know, how many of you here, and I, we can all raise our hand, have had, a, had prayers that we have been praying from childhood, amen? Just years and years of, of petitioning God uh, in prayer for maybe a certain thing in our lives, maybe a change, maybe uh, a job, something that you have been diligently seeking God for, but yet and still that prayer has not been answered. Maybe it's a reconciliation in your marriage. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's your finances. But every time you pray this prayer and you believe it, there's just no end result. The end result is always the same. It just seems as if God is ignoring you, that God does not hear you. Well, I want you to let you know this morning that God does hear you. Amen? Amen. From the first time you prayed that prayer, and he knows the last time that you will pray that prayer, God hears you and God God knows you, and God wants to respond to your prayer. But there are certain things in life that we have to understand as to why sometimes our prayers do not get answered immediately or get put on hold. And I believe that going through these passages of Scripture, we will understand more of how, what it means to really pray, amen, to really trust in God, to really put our faith in alignment with the Word, into the, and, and, and make it a powerful tool, amen, for us to move forward. So as we are, are looking over um, this passage of, of Scripture, 
uh, this morning I just want to talk about aligning prayer. Aligned prayer unlocks our destiny. Amen? Aligned prayer unlocks our destiny. How many of you want your destiny unlocked this morning? Amen? How many of you want the blessings of God to be unlocked, to be released from the heavenlies this morning? So the big idea this morning is that a, concert, a concentrated created prayer life is the key to unlocking your destiny. Amen? A consecrated prayer life is the key to unlocking your destiny. See, as believers, we know that, that God is our Father, amen? We know that prayer is essential part of our faith walk. That as, as we grow and we mature in Christ, we understand that prayer is our line of communication with God. It's, the, it's that place, it's that thing that helps us develop a relationship with God. It's that thing that helps us trust God and get to know God. For those of us who have dated or have spouses, you didn't just introduce yourself and, and got married. There was a, a period, there was a dating period, there was a courting period where you got to really know that person. The more you knew of them, the more you fell in love with them. And it's the same with our relationship with God, amen? As we accept him as our Lord and Savior, as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we really get to know what he really has done for us, amen? That he actually knows our name. That song was so beautiful, that he knows our name, that he knows us personally. He knows us personally because before we were created or before we were released into this earth realm, he knew us. He had already created us. He had always get, already given us purpose, destiny, power to do anything and everything that we needed to do here on earth. You see, you just weren't born to be born. But you were born with a call on your life. You were born to do something only you can do that was specifically assigned to you. So this morning, we want to tap in and see, God, what is it that you called me to do? And how do I get there? How do I align myself so that the promises of God are released? Amen? In Malachi 3, it says that God has treasures in heaven. Amen? And as we are obedient to the tithe, as we're obedient to his word, that he has a window that he says, and I will open up a window from heaven and pour you out blessings so much that you will not have room enough to receive. How many of people want to, want to, want to experience that? Amen? Amen. I know some of y'all played that Powerball. Anybody in here hit the numbers? Amen. If you did, don't forget your tithe. Amen? <laughs> Do not forget your tithe. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God has riches for us. Amen? God wants to bless us in such a powerful way. And all he's asking is for our obedience, for our alignment. And, and as easy as that sounds, in our flesh, it can become very difficult. It can become a struggle. I know for me, it, 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 I flip-flop. You know, I flip-flop back and forth on whether I really trust God or I, can, I have the capability because we, God uh, did not create robots, but he, he created free beings. Amen. That I sometimes flip-flop because there's some things that I can attain in my own strength, in my own power. But God is saying, even with that, even with your own strength and your own power, that, that will attain a great education, a great job, a great neighborhood, home, car, wife, spouse, all of those things you can attain. God says, if you put all of that in alignment to what I have, I'm going to open up a window for you. I'm going to open up blessings for you. Amen. So as we begin to look at this, pa at this passage, um, I really just begin to just think about all the patriarchs that had prayed, amen, all the people in the Bible that are listed, just the prayers, the answered prayers that uh, had been given. We see Hannah, 
praying, amen, for God to open up her womb. We see, uh, we see Abraham, amen. We see Jacob. We see all of these great, uh, mighty men and women of God who have prayed and their prayers were answered. We see Ruth. We see uh, Naomi. We see how God blessed them and how God answered their prayers. And the reason those prayers were answered is because they aligned their self with the Almighty. They aligned themselves with God. And so in this passage of scripture, um, the disciples had been hanging out with Jesus for a long time. <laughs> you know, it, it, as they were hanging out in his ministry, and they were just astounded by the miracles. You know, even further down in the Gospels, you hear where they actually tried to um, extract a demon out of, out of a young man. And they could not, and they asked God, you know, Jesus, why, why, can't, why, do, why don't we have the power to do this? And Jesus told them, some things are done through prayer and fasting. You can't work in the power of God if you are not aligned to God. You cannot expect heavenly results with a worldly mindset. So if you are praying for God to do something, and, and that prayer has been going on continuously, and you've gotten frustrated with God, you've actually backslidden, you've, you've shut the door like, you know what, God? You're not who you say you are, because if you were, this, why am I still struggling with this? You know, we go through all kinds of ups and downs. We're just spoiled children. I mean, basically, we're just that spoiled child that wants to have their way. But just like any, any parent, any guardian, you're not going to hand a child a set of keys to your car. Amen? That is an absolute no. You're not going to give that child the keys to your car until that child has shown a sense of maturity, has gone to driving school, has gotten their permit, um, and understands the rules and regulations of driving. Well, God is the same way. God says that I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you have room enough to receive. But you've got to show a level of maturity, amen? We've got to show maturity. We've got to be obedient in it. Because if God were to pour out those blessings, some of us would lose our mind, amen? If any of us here hit that lottery, we would lose our mind. We would, go, we would just go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you know? We would just lose it because it's just, it would so feed our flesh, it would be such a, like, it is a blessing, but it also could be a curse. And so God is, is telling us that he wants us to align ourselves with him so that we clearly understand our purpose and our reason, and we can handle the blessings from him. So in Matthew, we have his disciples who have been watching him, who have been taking, keeping an eye on him and what he does. And they would see him go out and minister and open blinded eyes, he would heal people from leprosy. He would heal people from, from diseases. He would bring people back to wholeness. And as they were watching this, they were like, how does he do that? Who, why, how is he able to do these things? And then they would see him often just go away and just go into a time of fervent prayer. Times where he would pray all night long. Times where he would be before the Father just, just praying to him. He was always in contact, in constant contact with the Father in everything he did. Even when he began, when he would, he would uh, do these miracles, he would ask the Father, Father, is this your will for this person to be made whole? And when God responded, he would heal. And the, and the disciples were seeing this. They were seeing him pray all night long. They were seeing him fervently fasting and, and staying in the presence of God. And sometimes the, the prayers were just short and sweet. Jesus wept. Do you want to be healed? And so as they really studied him, they finally, one of them finally had the boldness to say, God, or excuse me, say, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? 
We want, we want, we want to know how to pray. Because we know that they struggled with prayer, amen, just like us. <laughs> they really struggled with, with prayer. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he, just before his death, he takes them and he says, please come pray with me. And every time he would begin to pray, he would come back and they were knocked out. I mean, snoring, okay, slobbing, just heads knocked over, sleep, dead asleep. And here Jesus is at the brink of death. And the people that are closest to him could not even take the time to pray with him. Did not have the strength and maturity to just stay alert and stay aware. They knew what was about to happen because he had told them what was about to happen. But yet and still, they fell asleep. Amen? I can attest to it. You know, I, you, you know we can always read the Bible and we can kind of be judgmental. But there are times when I am in prayer or if I'm laying in the bed and I'm praying... Within the next minute or two, I wake up like, oh, what was I praying about? Or what was I supposed to be doing? What was I, what was I thinking about? And I'll start over. And within the next few minutes, my body is shut down and I'm gone. Or I'll start praying and thoughts of everything come to your mind. God is trying to get us to a place where we understand the importance and power of prayer. That we, we understand that there needs to be attention given to prayer. That you don't, go to pr you don't go into prayer if you're sleepy. That's just, you know, nature's going to take its course. But you set a time apart where you can just earnestly seek God's face. And I'm not saying that you have to pray hours and hours and hours. But just focus time. Practice just focus time on prayer. So Jesus gives them this very simple prayer. Almost like a childlike prayer. So that they can uh, learn the principles of, ch of, of, of prayer. And as we begin to read this, um, we really see that in this prayer, the attributes of God, the character of God is written all through this prayer. That God is um, really focusing his prayer on the Father. Amen? That God is focusing his prayer on the one who created it all. That God's prayer, that Jesus' prayer is focused on the eternal things of God. That Jesus' prayer aligns, its, aligns itself to the power. It's to the pipeline. If you pray like this, you will be in connection with God. There's a pipeline, amen, that God will respond to you. That God will respond to your prayer. So in this passage of scripture, there's two main sections of the prayer um, that really divided. And those are the words, you and our. And in the first part... The first part of the prayer centers on God putting um, God in his rightful place. Our Father, amen? Our Father. The Greek word for, or Hebrew word for Father is Daddy. Our Daddy. When you address someone as Daddy, that's very intimate, amen? That's a very intimate word. It means that this is the one who, who gave me life. This is the one whose who seed brought me into existence. This is the man that takes care of me, that watches over me. Whether you've had a natural father or a guardian or someone in your life that has taken care of you, that has loved you when you were absolutely unlovable, that has walked through through, that's who he's addressing. He's like, our father, daddy, daddy. Just recognizing the power in that name, our father, the creator of this world, amen, the sustainer of life. He starts it off with our Father. And when we focus um, on our, when our hearts and minds are focused and on our patient and loving Father, our prayer aligns and our needs 
you are put into a proper perspective. A lot of times when we go to prayer, especially if we're in a crunch, you know, we're, we, we go to, to we, and I know I have, so often almost demanding God, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. God, take care of this. God, what are you going to do? You know, and we, we approach him uh, expecting something or we approach him rudely saying like, you need to get me out of this. Well, I don't need to get you out of anything because I'm not the one to put you there. You are the one who put you there. Now let's go through the proper steps to get you back out of it. First of all, go apologize. Well, you know, we ain't going, you know, our pride gets in the way and, and we don't want to go and we don't want to do the simple things of giving an apology or saying, you know, I was wrong or I misunderstood what you said or yes, I cheated or I didn't mean to do that. Can you forgive me? So that's step one. You can't go to God and ask God to fix something when you're the one that caused it. Amen. You're the one that made the offense. Now you got want God to correct the offense. And God is like, no, you go correct the offense. And once you correct the offense, then we'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about further steps. And so it's important to us to always approach God as our Father in holy reverence. Amen? In holy reverence. And then the second part of the prayer focuses on our needs, our body, our soul, and our spirit, as well as the needs of others. So in three brief requests, Jesus targets mankind's behavior, character, and reminded us that we need him. When we align our prayer and properly go to, to the Father, there is nothing, absolutely nothing else to be said. When we model this Lord's Prayer in our prayers, when we, when we go to God and approach God in this way, there really is nothing else to be said. Because number one, you admonish God, amen? You've asked him for help. You've properly aligned yourself to, to present your needs before the Lord. And there's absolutely nothing else to be said. Now, for us, we want to know a time and a day. Be like, okay, well, it's been a day, and uh, did you not hear my prayer? <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're running to the mailbox, or we're expecting a phone call. You know, we want immediate satisfaction. We want immediate answers to our prayer. But we have to understand that God doesn't work like that. That God is the creator of time, and in our time, when he sees our maturity and our obedience. You know, we just can't go to God and ask God for prayer, and we haven't forgiven someone, or we just got off the phone an hour ago talking about someone, or we've cheated on our time card, or we've, we've been at the checkout line at King Super and just kind of just started swiping stuff across without it binging. You know, those things that we as humans do. Amen. Don't act like... I'm the only one in here that's missed something. I really did. I missed, I missed a cake. It was in the bottom of my thing. And by the time I got out to the car, I was like, why are you turning around? You know, but I just, and I felt so bad. I went home and I told Pastor Daddy, you know that cake is hot. <laughs> and I felt so bad. And I was like, well, the next time I go, I'll just scan one and leave it. Never did. You know, so, you know we're human. We, we, we do make mistakes. We do make, make errors. But it's just those simple things that we do that, you know, we think we're getting away with it. But let me tell you, I felt guilty every time I walk into King Super. I'm like, you know, you need to go scan that cake and leave it on the counter and walk out. But, uh, you know, just the simple things we do. And we think that, you know, oh, King Super, they're a billion-dollar company. They'll be all right. Uh, but God is saying, no, it's your obedience. Amen. I'm going to scan that cake this week. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm going to scan it. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I can scan that cake and tell them, you know, I forgot to scan it over a year ago, maybe two years ago. <laughs> and I just want to make it right. <laughs> Amen. 
And some of us just need to do things. I, I don't care if the sin happened, you know, however long it happened. If it's still, every time I walk in the King's Super, I think about, mm. yeah, I owe them about $14. Um, but just, you know, just aligning ourselves to God and doing what God has called us to do. It's just so important. Amen. Amen. And, and it's those simple things that uh, keep us uh, in our sin pattern. You know, that you might think, oh, that's just, that's not worse than that. But really, all sin is sin. Amen. And that we have got to learn to be, to be uh, obedient to, to God. So amen. This week, next week, I should be telling y'all that I, I paid for that cake. Amen. Amen. So the Lord's Prayer really is a dangerous prayer to pray. pray. If you really study it and you really understand it, when Jesus was praying that prayer, and when he would say, Our Father, who art in heaven, man, the, the people were going crazy. Like, who is this? Who, who is this, this dude? Who is this person that has the nerve to address God as our Father? You see, the Israelites never saw God as a Father, amen? They saw him as God, that he was a deity. And so for Jesus to come and then start gathering all of these followers and teaching them that when you pray to God, call him our father because he created you, because he knows you. From the time that you were released into your mother's womb, Jeremiah says that I knew you. I knew the plans and the purposes that I have for you. And they did not understand that. They just, it just caused them to lose their mind so much to the point that they ended up taking Jesus' life because he was proclaiming to be the son of God. But the Lord's Prayer is, is, is dangerous, but at the same time, it's life-changing. It's a life-changing prayer. See, Jesus, like I said, the, his enemies killed him because of this prayer for him addressing God as Father. But there are certain principles in this prayer that we, must, that we need to extract. And so we have to understand when purpose begins, amen, when purpose begins, it cannot, it cannot be reversed. So when you were released from the heavenlies, amen, God gave you everything you would need on this earth. Any, any circumstance, any situation is already in you. It's in your DNA. Your prayers, your prayers are good prayers, amen, and God wants to bless you. God wants to release those. And all of that is almost like in the windows of heaven, kind of just sitting there waiting for you to align into obedience so they can be released. And so when God's purpose begins, all the provision that you will need is already in the storehouse. Amen? All the things that you will need in life are already in the storehouse. You are complete and you are whole. Just, just say that. I am complete and I am whole. Everything you need, amen, to be successful in life, whether that be corporate life, whether that be family life, whether, whether that be individual life, God has already answered your prayers. See, God, God finishes a thing before he starts it, and you are a finished work of God, amen? And one thing that I always say is I do not want to stand before God and, and stand in judgment and say, well, what had happened was... God's like, no, no, I, I, I don't. I want, I want to fulfill all the things that God has, has, has given me and called for me to do. And so understanding our purpose, amen, is, is key and essential to aligning ourselves to God. So there are a couple of passages of scripture um, that support that. In Ephesians 1, 3 through 5, it says, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms, amen, before we left 
his presence and became, and became earth citizens, he had already blessed us. We are chosen for a predefined purpose before the creation of this world. And our purpose on earth falls within the confines of God's will and not our plans. And that's where a lot of us mess up is that we get excited and we go to school and we, we see that, you know, hey, I, I, just have a natural, I just have a natural gift to do this. And we start companies and we become billionaires and we become corporate execs and we become very successful businessmen, businesswomen, housewives. Amen. Anything we touch just turns golden. And that's because God gave you that gift. It, it was something that was given to you. It's just in your DNA to succeed. In the scripture, in Genesis, the, when God is speaking to Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. It's in our DNA. There are seeds in us. I've, I've never forget pastor's last sermon is talking about being fruitful, going out and doing what God said. Amen? Planting and sowing and reaping. God is saying that those seeds are within you. They're in your DNA. They're in your spiritual, they're in your spiritual being. And all we need to do is to learn to plant, amen? But we put crap on top of them, our own crap on top of them. We, we suffocate them. We suffocate our, our blessings. We, we suffocate our purposes with our own mess. And so here we are. We, we're these humans, amen, who love God, who want to see the, the things of God um, to come to, to fruition, but yet and still we have all this other stuff in our hearts. And so our hearts are confused on, okay, are we going to do this God's way or are we going to do this your way? Because we can't mix the two together. Amen? Light and darkness cannot, this, this cannot grow together. We have to let the light of God cleanse our hearts. And also in Ephesians 2 and 10 it says, There is a specific God-sized ministry assignment God has prepared in advance for each of us. So like I was saying, that, that, that there is something in you that God has only assigned to you. Amen? That only you can do. That God has released it to you, and God is waiting for your alignment so that he can see it come into fruition. So as we see, when, as, we, as we look at um, Adam and Eve, and when we look at the purposes, I mean, they had it. They, they had it. <laughs> they had everything they needed. But because of greed, because of wanting to be like God, they gave it away. They gave it away. They absolutely just said, you know what? Well, if we can be like God, we can start our own company, our own corporation, our own earth. Let's go ahead and take this. And they did. And they bit into that apple, and they didn't even ask God for forgiveness. <laughs> they just went about, you know, thinking that they were going to get away with it. But they lost. They lost so much. And we've got to stop biting into those apples, amen. We've got to stop biting and repeating the sin natures of, of our humanness and really just begin to just lean into God. You see, for so long, the people of God, you know, We've been living less than our means. We've been living below our means. We've been living below our purposes. And for too long, the church has just, you know, crawled and, and, and just barely made it because the people of God are so caught up in themselves. They're so caught up in uh, what, they, what they are trying to achieve on their own. And we have to not look at, at what we see in the physical, but what we, see in the, what we see in the natural, but begin to look into the spiritual, amen? Begin when you come up and you pull up to this area, you're not just seeing pallet shelters. That is a call. That is, that is a purpose of God that, ha, that was birthed way before restoration even existed in the hearts of Pastor Gilbert and myself, that we would be a ministry, amen, that was outside in the community, 
doing things for the community. But we come in and, and sometimes we can look over and just like, mm, what, what are they doing over there? And oh my gosh, look at them. They got all this stuff around the church and that just isn't a good look. Let me tell you, that's a God look out there. Amen. That is God's business. That is God's heart. That is God's desire that we would be a church that reached out, reached back, and helped our community. And so we really have to learn that, you know, God is aligning us, restoration. God is aligning us. And I know the loss of pastor was a big hit, but God has put the same visions in him. Those visions and dreams reside in you. He would have never been able to carry out that vision by himself. Amen? But God deposited all of those pieces of those visions within you, within your hearts, within your minds. So together we have the creative power from the almighty God. And when we come together and we align them, vision will go forth, amen? Everything that we need will go forth. And God is calling us to a higher place in him. God is calling his bride, his churches, not just us at Restoration, but churches across the globe, God is saying, I'm about to do something that's going to blow your mind. I'm about to do something that's going to... to just make people stand dumbfounded, something that only I can do because I put a God-sized task in you and I'm ready to bring it to fruition. And that's just not for the church, but that's for your personal life, that God has put a God-sized task that he is ready to release. Amen? So the reason Abraham was just became such a mighty man of God and a great man of God is because Abraham simply listened to what the father did obeyed. Abraham was doing well. Abraham wasn't, he wasn't uh, sweating. <laughs> he had a beautiful uh, business. He was a shepherd. He had all this land. He had all this flock. He had a beautiful family. And when God told him to just get up and walk away, I want to take you to a place. Amen. He had chose him. And Abraham, instead of sitting there thinking, okay, well, let me see. Wait, hold up. You know, I, I've, I've been successful in all of this, and you want me to walk away? His response was immediately, immediate. He responded to what God called him, and God blessed him. Amen. He became the father of many nations. And those are the things that God wants to do. We have an Abrahamic story in our, in our lives, too. Amen. That God wants to use us to be great and mighty people. Amen. To leave a legacy for others to see. So God created us to be fruitful. Amen. Say that. God created us to be fruitful and God created us to multiply. If you're watching online, just type that in. I am a multiply. I am fruitful and I am a multiplier. That there should be something in me that is just daily. Amen. Producing fruit, producing the, the, the things that God called us. And it can simply begin by being pleasant. Amen. Going to your job and being a pleasant person, that's fruitful, amen? Just, there's so many ways that you can begin to, to water your fruitfulness, amen? To take that deceit and that anger and that bitterness out of your heart by just doing the opposite of what, what the enemy would do. And, you know, that saying, what would Jesus do? Oh, they didn't speak to me. Well, what would Jesus do? They wouldn't roll their eyes, amen? He wouldn't roll his eyes. He wouldn't say, oh, she thinks she's cute, or, oh, he thinks he just know everything. No, they would bless so we start being a blessing, amen, and start aligning ourselves to God. So God wants us, us, our church to have great impact. And I just, I know in my heart, and I feel it so deeply in my soul, that God's about to do some great things for us. Thursday, was it Thursday? Thursday I was on a call with um, 
our developer and with uh, the young lady that is helping us uh, with the affordable housing project. And um, they wanted to hear P Pastor and I's story. And so this is a $66 million project. And every time I think about it, I'm just, I would laugh. I would be like, God, $66 million? You got to be kidding me. Like, Pastor, why, why did you take him, Lord? I can't, I'm not able. What do you want me to do? You know, I was scared. And I was just like, Tani, they're just regular people. They want to hear the story. You'll be fine. Don't start crying and, you know, just, just get through it. Just get through it. And so I was praying and I got on the phone um, and was talking to him. And when, when it came to my turn, my hand was just like, because I was trying to time myself because I had five minutes. And my hand was just, it was just moving so much. I couldn't even and do the time. And I just said, Holy Spirit, I need you to take over because I'm about to pass out. They're going to be calling 911 to the house because I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And the, I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come over me and say, you got this. You got this. And so I just began to share with them all that I could in a 40-year time period wrapped up into a five-minute nut, you know, putting it, compacted into a five minutes. And uh, just began to just tell them not so much about me and Pastor, but about God, about the vision God had given us, about our trek to uh, restoration, how we became who we are, and the passions that were laid in us as children uh, and young adults to just really reach out and help people, to stop being so churchy, to stop coming in, you know, dressed to the nine with our Louis Vuittons and our, our, all of our, you know, stuff, you know, trying to, to, to beat the Joneses, amen, and trying to, to look the part but not living the part, amen. I wanted, I wanted them to see that, you know, we've lived life. <laughs> Trust me. There was a day when you could not touch me in dressing, nor pastor. I mean, we matched from head to toe, from even the undergarments. Everything was on point because we were stupid and we were young. <laughs> and we just thought, you know, we needed to do that. We needed to make an image for ourselves. But as, as I grew in Christ, I began to just realize none of that matters. I mean, and I still have some of those clothes in my closet that I think I'm going to get back into. And I'm like, girl, you might as well let it go because the day you get back into size nine, Jesus is coming. Amen. <laughs> so, but, you know, we hold on to our stuff. We hold on to those little personal prides. As I'm cleaning out pastor's things, I'm just like, I cannot believe that he still has this. Like, who, what, what is this? Why are you holding on to the things that we hold on to? But we, we, we put value in us. We put value in our things. And when I really just begin to say, you know what? I want to put value in my relationship with God. Because that's where true wholeness comes from. That's where life is. It's in, in, in valuing the things that God has for me. Valuing uh, my purpose. Valuing the, point, the fact that God has purposed me to do something. So well, I'm excited about where God has me at this time. And so as we look at this passage of scripture, um, on the way, um, one of the ways we operate in the heavenly realm is by praying to God for his will in the right now. Amen. God wants to bless us, but we have to, we have to be humble. We have to, to get into the business of asking him for his provisions and his will, and not our plans. And so, um, one of the one another scripture that is uh, I wanted to another passage of scripture that I just want to briefly hit is the story of Jabez. Amen. And we all know Jabez. I mean, there was a wild few years ago where Jabez was the man. Okay, we had mugs, we had T-shirts, we had people praying the prayer of Jabez. Everything 
was focused on Jabez because Jabez prayed to God that he would expand his territory, amen, that he would increase his territory, and God answered that prayer. And as the Christian world got a hold of that, they were like, well, let me pray that prayer, okay? <laughs> I want to be like Jabez. I want my tent to be extended. I want the blessings of God to come forth. And so it just became almost like a phenomenon. Everybody was praying the prayer of Jabez. Books were written and everything was written. And I too read the book, amen. And um, just really understanding now that I, I'm, I'm growing more mature and it's not about the increase of his territory. But Jabez's prayer was aligned. Jabez's prayer was aligned to God. So in First, um, First Chronicles chapter 4 and 9, we see... Uh, Jabez being introduced. And so Chronicles is just that kind of Charlie Brown, wah, 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 is going through all of the, the, the history, amen, it's going through the, through the genealogy of all of these people. And uh, in chapter 4 and verse 9, it takes a break. And it's not, you know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so who begat, so-and-so, and so-and-so -so begat, begat, begat. And all these names that are so hard to pronounce. But when you get to chapter uh, 9 in verse, in chapter 4, in verse 9, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brother. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Then chapter, verse 10 says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring pain. And God granted what he asked. And then it picks up. And so-and-so begot so-and-so. And so-and-so begot so-and-so. But within that little blurb that, 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 that uh, is given about Jabez, there's a lot to it. See, the Hebrew word Jabez means pain. It literally means um, a rendering of pain or that he would cause pain. And if you understand Hebrew culture, when they named their children, when you were given a name, it, it symbolized your character. It was a character trait of you. And so uh, the scripture doesn't say that it was a rough birth, but I'm imagining because it says she bore him in pain. Maybe he was breech. Maybe he was a big old fat 10 pounder. I don't know what it was. But when he was birthed, his mother called him Jabez because he, she bore him in pain. It was a task getting him uh, to this earth. And so as he grows up, you have to imagine, you know, just his life being called Jabez. Like, you know, oh, there's, here comes pain. He's, here comes turmoil. You know, this situation, that, or this character was following him. But at the beginning of it, it says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So, you know, I kind of reflect on Joseph. Like, this is almost a Joseph story here, that there was favor on him. That as he grew up, he was honored by the people. He was, he was an honorable man. And throughout his life, the favor of God was upon him. And so you have this young man that is um, from the tribe of Judah. Amen. His lineage comes from the tribe of Judah. And we know that Judah means praise. That Judah is the line which our Savior came through. And so you have praise and you have pain. How many of you have been praising <laughs> Because of pain, amen? That you approach the Lord in your praying and you begin to just praise him. Like you have to understand that, that pain and praise kind of come together. That difficult situations point us to God, amen? 
Difficult situations will put us on our knees before the Lord. That sometimes God will take us through difficult circumstances just to grab our attention. I know for me, I've had many a times where the pain has been so much or so heavy that all I could do was begin to pray. Amen. All I could do was just put on some worship music and just begin to praise God and ask him to just take the burden, to lighten the burden off of me. So we have this young man who represents that Judah, which is praise, and his name means pain. And so as he's growing up, he's living life, you know? He's an Israelite, so he's seen, he's seen them come in and take land. He's seen them build up and tear down, build up and tear down. He knows the history of his people. And as a young man, he's like, God, I don't want my territory taken away from me. I don't want everything that you've allowed me to accomplish, to be scattered, amen, for the Jebusites and all the other sites to come in and take away. But God, I want to enlarge my territory. I'm asking you if you would increase my territory. God, that you would put a hedge of protection around me and a hedge of protection around my lineage that I won't be known for my name, amen, but I'll be known for the honor that you have bestowed upon me. That is such a rich prayer, amen, that we have to realize that we are not who we are, not who people call us, but we truly are the people of God. And Jabez knew that there's something about me, there's something working here that I know is, is, has nothing to do with my abilities, but it was God's ability. So Jabez called out to God. He cried out and he said, Lord, enlarge my territory. Increase me. Take away this, this, this uh, pain that uh, my mother has given me, this name that my mother has given me, and let me be known as a man of God. Let me be known as a perfecter. And so as, as Jabez lives out his life and he cries out to the God of Israel, God immediately answers his prayer. Amen? He immediately uh, answers his prayer. So the first thing Jabez wanted was the expansion of his territory. Oh, God, that you would bless me. And it's okay for us to approach God like that. God, I want to be blessed. God, I want the key to the window of heaven. And he asked for it, and God gave it to him. And then secondly, he requested the expansion of his territory. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me, God, and expand my territory that I would be a, a, a place, that my home would be a place, that the land I live in would be a place that could restore others, amen? That this house is not just called restoration, but it's a house of restoration, amen, to restore people, to help people in need, to bring people forth into a true knowledge of who God is. And thirdly, Jabez asked God for liber liberation from his past, from the dire consequences of his birth and his name. And we've got to ask God to, to, sometimes we need to ask God to just erase my past. God, I was young and stupid and ignorant. And when people see me, they think about yesterday. Or they think about my name. Or they think about what I've done. But God, you know my heart. You know me from the, from the inside out, God. Would you please, God, help me change the character. Change my character. Change the name so that I can be recognized as a man or a woman of God. And God did that for him. So... I don't want to get so much hung up on, on Jabez, but I just wanted to just point out that when we pray to God, we have to pray in alignment to what he says. 
And so when we, we compare uh, Jabez's prayer to uh, the Lord's prayer, there's a lot of similarities. Although Jabez did not re, re, uh, respond to God as father, because that, that just wasn't going to happen in the Old Testament, amen? But he knew that there was a God. He knew of Jehovah. He had heard of, the, uh, of Moses. You know, he had heard of his forefathers being carried out of Egypt. He had heard about Joseph and Caleb and all of them. He had heard about all these things. And so he wanted to make sure that he stayed in alignment with what with, with, with God had for his life. So in... Um, First, or in the Lord's Prayer, we see that Jesus calls our Father who art in heaven. God is our Father, amen? An attribute of God is that he is a lover, that he is a Father, that he is, his character is love, that he is a, always a loving and compassionate Father who gives life and protects those who trust. Hallowed be your name is God's holiness, amen? God, the, the hallow means to make holy. So when you're praying, Know that you're praying to a holy God. You're just not praying to any deity, but you're praying to a holy God and that, he, that we need to come to him and honor him and be sacred before his name. So many times we will, we will use the word, we will use the Lord's name in vain. Hit your toe just right. Amen? You will just spurt out the Lord's name in vain or we'll, we'll be getting into a tough situation and just, Jesus! You know, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with that situation. We use the mighty God's name in vain when it should be hallowed, when it is holy. Uh, and then in, it acts, um, and as we go further, it says, your kingdom come. That's God's sovereignty, amen? God has the ability to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. It is his sovereignty. It is his supreme power that he is ruler over everything, that he is maker of heaven and earth. And when we acknowledge God's sovereignty, we affirm and welcome his reign in our lives, amen? That God, you got this. It's, this is not me. Thank you for allowing me to breathe. Thanking you for allowing me to wake up. And I'm going to align to you because, God, you know. You know exactly what's going to happen to me today, moment by moment, and even into the, into the years of my life. And so we've got to make sure that we understand that there's a big difference, amen, between our request and, to, and between the promises of God. That there's a, there, it's a vast difference that we can't just go to God and pray our will be done, amen. But we have got to understand that it is God's will that we need to be focused on. Then... Um, we uh, hear that God, um, we ask God to give us this day. He told the disciples, give us this day our, our daily bread. And that's God's provision, amen? That's God's saying that I, will, I, I see the path. I see the alignment that, that needs to take place. I know what you need. It's not just earthly bread, amen? But it's everything that you would need. It's, it, it, it's, in Hebrew, the word bread means uh, to provide. It means that God will provide everything we need um, from our physical to our mental to whatever we need. God is the provider. And then it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive us our debtors. God is merciful, amen? And I know that I have felt the power of his mercy. I have felt the power of his love, amen? I have felt the mercy of God that, that he gives me that second chance that God is mercy and that he will forgive us of our sins and our wrongdoings. God, and then the lastly it says, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. God is our protection. That as we walk this life, when we ask God, 
to walk with us, amen. Deliver us from evil. God sees what's coming down the pike. God understands and God knows what's coming down the pike. And when we stay aligned to him, hallelujah, he will be our protector. And so in Jabez's prayer, if we were to compare it to the Lord's prayer, we see that Jabez calls on the Lord. Amen? In the, in the Lord's prayer, we see God, or that Jesus calls upon and addresses his heavenly father. And, as, and also there's a comparison that Jabez makes a pacific act to God. And Jesus says, he makes a, a Pacific ask. He says, our daily bread. Give us our daily provision, Lord. We've taken this day by day. Jacob, or Jabez makes a Pacific ask that God's hand would be with him and abide with him. And that he, got, that he would increase his territory. And that his presence would be with him. And Jesus says, makes an ask and saying, keep them, abide with them. That at least, that least they fall. That, that God walks with us, amen? That God will, will, will keep us and protect us. And then lastly, God grants Jabez to be crest. And then the result of, of Jesus' prayer to the Father, it was thy will be done. Because we know that in the end, Christ suffered and died, amen, for proclaiming and going after our freedom, aligning himself. When he was released from heaven, he knew exactly what his purpose was. He knew why he was coming, and that's for the salvation of our souls. And he stayed in alignment, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was crying and sweats of blood were coming out of him. His physical body did not want to go through the crucifixion. He did not want to, to feel the pain that it was going to, to bring. But yet, in his pain, he began to praise God. He began to give God glory. He began to align his flesh and said, not my will but thy will be done. And that's how we need to pray. We need to pray, God, not my will. Lord, I see it. I feel it. I taste it. I can touch it. But not my will. Thine be done. So this morning, as we go to God in communion, let us remember that God loves us, that our prayers are, are heard, that our prayers have been answered, but we need to get in alignment so that God can release them. Amen? Amen. God bless you this morning.